0: Welcome to the Bills Backers of Kansas City podcast with
1: Zach Bass
0: and that dude who looks like an illiterate wolverine. (laughs) Randy, get over here.
1: Hey there, this is Dirty Randy. Welcome to episode two of the Bills Backers of Kansas City podcast. We're here in Studio 411
0: to give you the 411 on the Buffalo Bills.
1: And we're here to talk about that big win that we just got on Sunday.
0: Well... I mean, was it that big of a win, Zach?
1: It was better than the score looked like on the spread, so.
0: That is fair. That is fair. I will say that was quite the win, and I think we wanted to jump off with some positive thoughts from that game. So, Zach, why don't you start us off with some of your thoughts on yesterday's game?
1: Yeah, so Josh Allen finally got his 300-yard game, which is awesome. Finally, people can stop talking about it and just let the kid play ball. Um, He had that beautiful throw to Diggs on the run, to get that 300 yards, we were waiting anxiously to see that throw happen to get him there and it finally happened. Um 14 rushes for 57 yards and one touchdown. Um he had a passer rating of 104.6 in the QBR of 71.2.
0: And something to add to that rushing uh, statistic, 57 yards uh, at least at one point in the game was more rushing than the entire Jets offense, passing and rushing. I don't know if that helped for the entire game, but uh... Pretty cool stat. It was also the only rushing game that we could get going, and we'll talk about that in a second when we talk about our negative thoughts or bad boy points.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he had two passing touchdowns, so that was great on top of his 312 passing yards with a 71.7% completion percentage.
0: So let's talk about that, that completion percentage because that's been a point of contention with Josh Allen since he came into the league. Um, there are certain certain media outlets, certain people in the analytics community who have always said that he's an inaccurate passer, and they kind of come up with reasons or excuses for why why that 71.7 completion percentage doesn't matter. Uh, but we now have this number one receiver. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is uh, Stefan Diggs out of Minnesota.
1: So Diggs took some shots when he was catching the football for us, didn't he, Randy?
0: Oh, man, he did. Uh, There were some catches that I have not seen a Bills wide receiver make in a long time, probably since the early 90s, 90s. mid-90s. Just, it feels really good to have a true number one wide receiver. And I think, you know, a lot of Bills fans thought we got that when we had Sammy Watkins, but with all of his injuries, he just never came out and delivered. Um, But with Stephon Diggs, I think, like Brandon Bean said, we have a proven commodity. He's proven that he can do it in this league, and he's shown it in a game.
1: I agree. He had eight receptions on nine targets. That shows something right there. That's somebody that Josh can count on when the time comes. And he had 86 yards. He led the team in receiving yards. So he is exactly who we thought he was, which is great.
0: And he's drawn those double teams. Yes. So let's talk about that because those double teams lead to a beneficiary who happens to be on my fantasy football team.
1: He's on mine as well, John Brown.
0: Also a product of Pitt State in Kansas, which I know is not your favorite college, but...
1: Yeah, he actually took one back on the house on my alma mater. He ended up having a really good game for us, though. Six receptions, 10 targets, 70 yards, and a touchdown. What do you think about that, Randy?
0: I'm a big fan of John Browns. I've always been a John Brown supporter. Uh, Even when he was with the Ravens, I used to have him on my fantasy squad. I just think he's always been that solid number two receiver. And then I knew once we put a number one in front of him, he was going to put up some big numbers. I would not be shocked to see John Brown put up bigger numbers than Diggs this season.
1: Yeah, and Diggs actually came out and said that he views Brown as one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. So on top of that, he's doing great, and he's going to have way more targets. I My bold prediction for the season is he's going to end up having as many yards as he did last year with less receptions.
0: Yeah, I think Diggs, uh, Diggs is going to – be a a really great addition for him and i do think Diggs has the right mental attitude about this he seems to understand that he's going to draw double coverage which means other guys are going to be open at least so far and i think winning helps that you know they said he was a bit of a prima donna in minnesota but if you're winning games i don't hear a lot of wide receivers complaining
1: yeah josh allen actually targeted eight receivers yesterday so that's amazing that's quite a few targets, and it was multiple times. So
0: here's something that shocked me about the game. Cole Beasley, he wasn't even in the game half the time. I, I remember looking for him, uh, and just he he was on the bench because we have so much depth at receiver this year.
1: Honestly, I remember looking at him on the bench and thinking he looked a little bit visually upset by maybe not being out there. I, I'd like to see how that develops. I know that's not really his per- personality, but... With all these alphas on the field, it's kind of tough. It's tough to spread the ball around that much.
0: It could be interesting. I'm wondering if there's something to him being on that bench, maybe meetings, something going on behind the scene. Uh, I don't like to read in too much of those things because we're not in the room, but I do agree with you. I think he is um, He is. He's probably a little upset about his targets. I know him to be quite the overly sensitive person uh, because he did block me on Twitter, and if you're listening, I would like you to unblock me on
1: Twitter. You coward. This brings us right into our negative thoughts. Josh Allen fumbled the ball twice in the red zone. That shit, that's you can't do it. You can't do that.
0: Yeah, that's the hero ball that we hear about from him still happening. He's still trying to put up points. And, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to be gone from him. He just kind of, that's, that's Josh Allen. That's what he does. That's who he is. Um,
1: yeah, but, I saw a nice take on Twitter, and I just... I can't remember who said it, but they said that Josh Allen is kind of like when your dog pees on a rug. You, you can't stay mad at him for, all, for very long. So that's kind of how I view it. You know, he makes a really bad play, fumbles the ball, and the next time you see him rolling out of the pocket, you're thinking, oh, no, oh, no, and then he scores a touchdown.
0: And that's the thing about it is that's what this league is about, scoring touchdowns any way that you can. And seeing Josh do that, it's interesting because – Sal Capaccio today on Twitter was saying Bills fans who were upset about watching Josh Allen run are about to be very upset because Miami did not do a good job of defending the run last week or this this week against Cam Newton, and I can foresee them running, running Allen all over that field. We already know Josh Allen owns the Dolphins. Um, he's in their head somehow, but I, I want to run him down their throats. I'm not one of these people who says don't run him. He's a natural runner. He's good at it. It's a skill set. You don't take it away.
1: It's- yeah, just just make good decisions. Make good decisions.
0: Make good choices.
1: So on top of that, one of the other negative things we had was injuries at linebacker. It seemed like we couldn't catch a break there. Edmonds went down with a shoulder injury right after Milano went out with a hamstring. So.
0: Yeah, you know, because linebacker is really an area of strength and depth for the Bills. I know some of you might not be able to pick up on my sarcasm right now. Uh, We do have really good top-end talent at linebacker, but we do not have good backups. We fall off real hard after our first string.
1: Yeah, it just kept happening to us. Dodson went out, Delshawn Phillips went out, the guy that we didn't even see making the roster. Um, That just shows the depth, how quick it can disappear. Um, Lorenzo Alexander, if you're listening, we want you back.
0: And he's already admitted that he's willing to come back, and I would love to see it. Um, but I know he's probably also enjoying retirement right now. So I think I could see him coming back though in the playoff run. I could see him, you know, signing right before the deadline to play during the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see it. And the good news is, Pershawn McDermott; these injuries are not long term. They are listed as day to day, so we should hopefully have them back as long as we're not playing cautious. So. Zach,
0: if we know one thing about this Bills team, they have a professional medical staff they have some of the best conditioning coaches in the league which is not something we've always had but the facilities that you know the pagoulas love them or hate them the one thing they've done a good job of is building a solid conditioning team and maybe it's not even them that gets the credit for that maybe it's your football operations maybe it's just brandon bean but they've put a lot of money into training and rehab and that it shows and that they care about their players and their players respect them for it
1: yeah, next thing I've got to talk about is Tyler Bass. He just had a tough day. Do, do we
0: have to talk about Tyler Bass?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, we've got to talk about it. I
0: really don't want to talk about it.
1: Well, he was two for four, and he missed two really short field goals, 34 and 38 yards.
0: Yeah, now that first field goal, I know that like lots of people on at least at least Bill's Homer radio is saying he might have actually made that, and it should have been counted, uh, I don't know. I watched the replay. The TV didn't have any good angles of it.
1: Yeah, I don't even think most people would have even realize it if the commentators didn't even bring it up. It looked like it was a miss to me. Unfortunately, it's just part of it.
0: I will say one thing I am just completely shocked in. The NFL has all this money and they can't afford to put a camera on either side of the ends, uh, uh, the uprights looking straight up.
1: Yeah. All scoring plays should be reviewable, and yet somehow they're telling us that the that's not reviewable i i just don't get it
0: yeah it's, it's definitely uh not not nice but one thing that we could do instead of having to do that is maybe you know make the kick down the middle tyler
1: yeah yeah avoid that right upright that he seemed to do with everyone Th- he even made
0: there's one thing you don't want to do as a bills kicker and that's miss wide right
1: ouch Oof. Oof. well we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be back with you with our dolphins predictions Welcome back. What do you have for your predictions for this game, Randy?
0: Well, I mean, I got to tell you, I think I called this game a loss in our early predictions. You sure did. And after watching last week, I'm going to hold to that take because I'm Dirty Randy. Um, but, But I do, I would love to be wrong. I just think... Uh, we looked sloppy towards the end of that game, and I'm unsure about those injuries. I know they're day-to-day, and they might be back. Um, But I'm going to give this still to the Dolphins, but we will beat them later in the year. So never fear, there will be penance
1: i still got this as a win, and that's just based off the fact that Josh Allen, although he did have those fumbles, he was very successful running the football. And as we saw with the Dolphins against the Patriots this last week, Cam Newton put up a lot of rushing yards against that Dolphins defense. And I think we could technically go ahead and do something like that to kind of generate some offense, which would be really great, and I think we can do it. Plus, now,
0: now here's a question for you, though. You've got it as a win. The line is plus five and a half for the Dolphins. So that means, do you think the Bills I'm taking win? that. I'm taking, You're that, taking that. You're slamming that You're yep. slamming that blue button?
1: Yep, I'm, I'm taking that bet all day long. Okay,
0: I, well, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, I don't know if I would take six points. I think it's going to be a lot closer if we do win. Uh, I think we might see ourselves our first uh, gut check game of the season if they get a win out here. It might be a field goal. It might be, I'd hate to say it, a Tyler Bass field goal.
1: I I don't know if Sean McDermott can trust him to go out there and take a last-minute field goal for the win. Um, I just – honestly, Randy, what I'd like to see out of this Bills team against the Dolphins is just to come out after the half, keep the foot on the gas, and just go ahead and dominate. You don't, you don't need to sit here and have that mediocre third quarter like they've typically done in the past. Just keep the foot on there and let's go.
0: I'm not a big fan of third quarter Josh Allen. He just seems to no. be – They always seem to be a little sluggish coming out, and it kind of surprises me because Andy Reid, who is the coach that the Sean McDermott coaching tree is from, is really good at halftime adjustments, and typically that's a strength of his, but I don't think he passed that gene along to Sean McDermott.
1: I agree. On top of that, I was just looking, and as I was watching the game, I remember thinking after Josh had those fumbles at halftime, he had to get talked to by the coach, and I figured he was going to come out a little bit different, not playing quite like himself and playing a little bit more sluggish, and that kind of is exactly what we saw.
0: You might wonder that maybe maybe McDermott made him feel like he had to be too careful, and that's why we saw those struggles in the third quarter. And then by the time the fourth quarter happened, either the offensive coordinator or McDermott, maybe Dable, was talking to him and said, Josh, it's time to step on the gas. You know, we show no mercy in this dojo. For those of you watching Cobra Kai at home, shout out Cobra Kai.
1: Yeah, I binge-watched that whole thing in a couple days. It's great. What what a great show. We need season three to come quick.
0: Yeah. So um, there is something I want to talk about with this Dolphins game, and I talked about this with the Bills Backers at the Bills Backers bar on Sunday um, up at Al's. The Isaiah McKenzie sweeps that we have seen over and over again, and I don't know how many people are paying attention to them. I don't hear a lot about them. From a lot of the other media I definitely notice them and I've got to think that defensive coordinators are noticing them but what I love about these things is Dable will do the exact same play four times five times during a season and then you'll get to a game like Dallas under the lights on primetime, and he'll look like he's about to do the exact same play and they'll flick it back to a wide receiver receiver who will throw a touchdown
1: yeah, he's always doing different variations of that. He's always sending McKenzie in motion, and that might be send McKenzie in motion and Allen goes around the opposite end, or McKenzie comes in motion and he hands the ball off to Singletary. It's always something different, keeping that defense guessing.
0: Yeah, there's just something about that play. Um, one of my predictions for this game is that we see that sweep at least two more times um, during, so. during this game.
1: It's good for 10 yards, 99% of the time. It's good for 10 yards.
0: And I I haven't looked too much at the Dolphins' linebackers, but if you have slow linebackers, it's a great way to get them because if they can't move sideline to sideline, you get McKenzie out there and he will burn them.
1: It's a shame Kiko Alonso is not there anymore.
0: I miss the legend of Kiko Alonso. So I do want to get to a, a new segment here that we've got, Zach. This is our Twitter segment. I'm going to go ahead and let you take this first Twitter response. So every week we're going to put out a Twitter kind of grab bag of questions or feelings about about the game. And you can go ahead and tweet back at us.
1: And we're going to read some of those. The first one we've got is kevin at k kickflip what what kevin said was it was almost a perfect win the bills had trouble last year truly putting teams away it cost them a playoff win in houston it doesn't seem like they figured it out the jets are an nfl team so they have pride too but some worries about the bill's ceiling linger for me
0: and i i think that's a great take um I, I agree. I, I had the thought, you know, early in the game when the Bills were up twenty one nothing, I'm sitting there going, Yes, this is what I expected. I wanted us to throttle the Jets by forty points. And I know there was a big Twitter debacle over whether or not we truly had to throttle them or if a win or a win a win is a win is a win. Uh, but I really do think we wanted to show send a message.
1: We did, we did. We really wanted to go out and you know, we scored twenty one points and we're up twenty one nothing. After those fumbles it just kind of you felt uneasy. It looked like we were dominating that game, and we really ended up coming out of that win feeling a little indifferent.
0: I, I definitely had that. You know, that energy was kind of gone. So going into the game, it was it was a weird, weird feeling. Anyways, at the at the backers bar, we were all kind of spread out and socially distanced and whatnot, but um, just not not a lot of energy out of the crowd. You know, normally before a game, we're all hooting and hollering and getting crazy. So not a lot of energy. Then the game starts energy skyrockets we start scoring games people are going crazy we're doing the shout song and then the jets start coming back on us and that energy kind of sinks again back to okay well it's it's, it's good but it's still the jets we should be killing them
1: yeah and honestly I, I had that little bit of it. what was weird for me was that sound so they've said they had audio tracks specific to each team it seemed like at the beginning i could hear sean mcdermott clapping and they didn't have that volume up, and then later it was it finally started happening on third down, you start hearing it, and it was getting really loud. There was even one point I remember seeing Edmonds pumping up the crowd with his arms that wasn't even there. I thought that was hilarious. that's just that defense that's great
0: yeah i was I was shocked at the audio. it really was super quiet to start the game off, and I was wondering when were we when were we going to hear this pumped audio that we were supposed to hear, but it was apparently going the whole game. Uh, just definitely seemed very quiet at the beginning. So I'll give you our next uh, take here. That brings me to our next Twitter take from Christian, at ChristianFRMSYR, and I'm pretty sure that stands for Former Syracuse. Um, Christian says, Allen looked sharp. Several times looked like Josh Allen of old. However, 33 of 46 for 312 yards. I can live with that. If he makes some bad plays, a couple bad injuries on defense, hopefully not too serious. And I kind of read that as he typed it. I think he was saying he made some bad plays and there were a couple bad injuries on the defense, which hopefully are not too serious. And as we just said, we're uh, hearing that they're day-to-day, so hopefully that is a good sign for our linebacking core.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed there. And we've got a new segment here, and it's going to be the KC Bills Backer of the Week the reason we're kind of wanting to do this is we've got some different people that watch games in different locations. We've got Owls, we've got Fox and the Hound, and we got the Brookside. So we just want to get to know some of the people and kind of realize how, how big of fans are these people that you might see or hear about on the, on the Facebook page. Um, the one we chose this week is Sue Edward. I, I just thought that was a really interesting story. Um, kind of defines just the Bills in general um sue said she grew up in syracuse new york she went to ub and she considers buffalo home so that's where she was originally from
0: yes and she was invited september 10th 1989 which by the way wonderful season of football that was the year i was born and that would have been the first game after my birth and she was living with her in buffalo with her friends and they invited her over to watch the game she told them i'd eat their food and drink their beer but i'm not gonna really watch the game She snuck a peek just as Jim Kelly scored a last-second quarterback sneak against the Fish for a come-from-behind win, and ever since then, she's been hooked.
1: Yeah, this is why we really chose it, because it was against the Fish, and we're going to have to squish the Fish this week.
0: And uh, one other thing is, we asked all of our backers about how they feel living in Kansas City and Chiefs country, and she says, actually, I have no problem with the Chiefs fans. After living in Madison, Wisconsin with rude cheeseheads and in Charleston, South Carolina where people who only think football is played in college, the only really complaint that she has is the lack of cheap Labats and real wings. Ooh. Two things that you can get at many of the Bill's backers' yes. bars in town. Yes,
1: I was about to ask you that, Randy. What's the over and under on Labat getting drank at Al's this next Sunday?
0: Oh, it's 100% going to happen. Uh, they do buckets there for, I think it's six, six Labatt for 18. You know, it's, it's, it's not crazy cheap. It's not Buffalo prices, but for being out in Kansas city, it's reasonable.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely going to be in attendance this Sunday. So I'm going to be there, have myself oh, some fair share of some wings and some Labatt. We also asked them where they watch the game. Cause we really wanted to know where, where they're going to watch it. She said she watches at home. This is her 23rd season with Sunday ticket. She's purchased three houses in Madison, Wisconsin, Charleston, South Carolina, and Lee Summit, Missouri, with sat- satellite line of sight as the top priority. I
0: think what she's trying to say there is that she's bought three houses, and she's always made sure that they have a good line of a sight. That's priority.
1: Yeah, and she has no problem driving to a Bill's Bar in Orchard <laughs> Hi, Orchard Park. Sorry, well, so I read OP, and this, I just go to this it. This
0: is kind of a fun fact. So we, uh, where one of our Bill's Backers bars, uh, Fox & Hound, is located is in Overland Park, Kansas, but it's, it's abbreviated OP by everyone here. And every time I see it, I think Orchard Park.
1: Yeah, that's kind of why I said that. So she has no problem driving to Overland Park, but the 25-mile drive home after a day at the bar might be a problem. And then she put a bunch of beer emojis. In a post-COVID world, I would be open to others on this side of town coming over to watch with me and that's kind of where I'm at on a lot of these games I feel comfortable in my own home I can drink don't have to drive that's always safer
0: and that's kind of what I'm thinking too with COVID I'd love to you know I I love being around other Bills fans but I also understand the need to be safe and responsible here during these times Um, it, it it it's not a bad idea though to connect with other KC fans and if you live near each other hey Having you know, two or three people over that you trust, it's not a bad idea, and it makes the games just so much I'm more gonna fun. I'm just going to
1: say I have a 70-inch TV. My basement is always welcome.
0: He does live very north of the city, but yes, if you're in the North KC area, there you go. The invite is open.
1: Yes, just BYOB. Um, so, on top of that, Randy, are you going to be at Alice this Sunday? Is that where people can find you?
0: Uh, well, you'll never find me because I am – dirty randy and i'm just very elusive the plan right now is to go to al's it was not too busy last week which is what i was hoping for i didn't want to go in and see a a packed bar even though i love seeing it packed with bills fans um last week was perfect everyone was at a table we were all spread out uh that's what i'm looking for and the reason for that was because the chiefs did not play they had already played on thursday my concern going into sunday is the chiefs do play at 325 so I might be there for the for the Bills game, but I'm going to be booking it out of there very quickly afterwards because they do tend to get busy for Chiefs games.
1: I agree. On top of that, they're still at that 50% capacity, so we really – They're not. They're not anymore. Yeah, they, okay. they
0: have – they. Missouri has lifted that restriction, but they do still have the mask requirement when you're moving around and when you're up out of your seat. And the the tables are still pretty spaced out. Yes.
1: We want to have that safety for everybody watching. You know, we've we've got some older people and people with health problems that we really want to watch out for. As, as Bills backers, take care of each other.
0: So for the Bills backers of Kansas City
1: podcast, this is Dirty Randy and Zach Bass. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna have a new episode to you every Tuesday. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Casey Bills Pod. And at ZachBase, Z-A-C-H-B-A-A-S-E.
0: We'll see you guys next week.